Uh, great to be here in Valencia. Um, actually, I was uh, lucky to have um, one of my teammates with me, Paul here and I. We uh, traveled uh, on our motorcycle to Valencia. It was a great adventure and a great start to uh, you know, start this uh, wonderful conference. Um, so this is about um, operator lifecycle management. At Any9s, we do a lot of uh, you know, building and automating application development platforms with a strong focus on data service automation. Um, so we've been automating databases for nearly 10 years now. Um, we did a lot of automation and do a lot of automation based on virtual machines using Bosch from the Cloud Foundry ecosystem as an automation technology, uh, which is also declarative by nature, has a lot of similarities with uh, building operators. And um, as part of that, we know that um, you know, managing the life cycle of um, operators is uh, very important because databases are often used uh, for years. And uh, that means you have to guide these database instances through their life cycle. Um, so in this talk, we would like to um, you know, have a brief look about um, at what does it actually mean to you know, run operators for an extended period of time and what are potential tools that could help us to do so. Um, so first question is, what is operator lifecycle management about? And um, there are many facets to it. Uh, first of all, if you think about you know, a more complicated operator, you are likely to have you know, your CRDs, um, your controllers, admission controllers, you know, all those bits and pieces that uh, assemble uh, your operator, including container images, obviously. And they all form some sort of contract. So a certain version of a controller is uh, you know, capable of, of reconciling certain versions of CRDs and admission, webhook, uh, contro uh, admission controllers also have certain uh, version constraints. And of course, uh, a lot of the magic happens within the container images, and they are also version constrained. Um, if, you, if you think about databases and their life cycle, for example, Postgres, one of my favorite examples, uh, we have customers uh, who run applications for, let's say, 10 years. Um, how do you guide a database instance through its lifecycle for such an extended period of time? And um, it, is, it is pretty clear that at some point you want to take away, let's say, a, a certain uh, database version, let's say Postgres 9.4, you would just want to, you know, um, encourage your developers to migrate um, to a more recent version. So how do you do that with Kubernetes um, building an operator? You also have to uh, upgrade your operators from time to time, for example, to deprecate a certain API version. And this is basically you know, some of the facets when you um, want to manage uh, an operator over an extended period of time. Um, in particular, one of the sub-problems in, in uh, managing operators is that of managing the lifecycle of your custom resource definitions. So if you, for example, again, think about a Postgres, then you'd have a CRD somehow representing uh, your database instance. So if you introduce the first version, let's say, uh, as v1 alpha 1, that's um, the API version of the CRD. Um, it comes with certain capabilities, for example, uh, a certain Postgres version. And at some point you introduce a newer version of that CRD, um, 
well, you want to make the new version of default, and um, the more versions are added, the more likely it becomes that maybe you want to remove, you know, legacy versions, um, um, you know, from from your Kubernetes cluster. Now, uh, deprecating a CID has been possible, I think, uh, since Kubernetes 1.19. So you could mark a, a CID as deprecated. So if you, let's say, do the Postgres v1 alpha one you get a deprecation warning. So the next step you could do is uh, you know, to stop serving this version so that you can't create objects of that particular version anymore. However, if you look into uh, you know, a, an extended period of time, at some point you also need to migrate those objects that have been created already. Let's say v1 version 1, uh, v1 alpha uh, one has been deprecated, it's not served anymore, but they are still service instances. What do you do with them? You need to migrate them, and it's surprisingly uncomfortable to migrate them. Um, so there, there is some extra work you have to put in there. If, um, if, you, if you look at the process of upgrading such a CRD, you will see that you'll have to, for example, upgrade the CRDs, the, the objects stored in ETCD somewhat. There's a migration tool for doing that, but it's uh, not been maintained very well. Hopefully because there will be some inherent tooling in future Kubernetes versions to take care of that, so that your old v1 alpha 1 service instances represented as those entities in Kubernetes ETCD can be upgraded more easily. Um, you can do that, you know, with your own custom-provided uh, 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 webhooks, but still, it's work, and there are, um, would be nice if if this would be simpler. Now, we at any nines want to build several, you know, operators and uh, uh, and many other extensions. The, the, it is very likely that these operators will be deployed hundreds, hundreds of times in, in hundreds of clusters per customer. So if you think about that magnitude, you will recognize that manual intervention of some sort is, is not desirable. It's just, it takes too long and uh, wastes too much time of, of precious platform operators. Um, so the first, before digging into like building your own lifecycle management stuff, it, it makes sense to have a look at the tool landscape and think about um, you know, technology that could do the trick for you. Well, the first guess, uh, you know, in our researches was Helm, with the slight feeling that Helm may not be the right tool, but because it's definitely the most uh, popular one, it was the first one we actually considered. Um, so here's some of the drawbacks. Um, it's it's very popular and you know kind of mature, be, mature because it's already been out there for you know extended period of time. It's rather easy to use, uh, provides you with a templating mechanism so that you can you know, provide the end user with uh, variables they can choose um, and provide as, as user-provided values. Um, it also has chart hooks, um, lifecycle hooks, so that you can do stuff uh, pre-install and post-install, pre-upgrade and post-install. Um, there's no server-side components, so you don't have to install anything into Kubernetes cluster to make Helm work, it's uh, purely uh, CLI driven. And of course there's a wide range of integrations, so if you for example take a CI CD tool such as Argo CD or Crossplane, 
then um, uh, Crossplane has a you know, different purpose, but still there's integration of Helm available, as um, it is the case with many other uh, tools out there. So that's, that's nice. However, if you think about managing the lifecycle of operators, you'll see that as in particular, the lifecycle management of CRDs is, uh, is, not, really, is not really good. And um, you know, there's, um, there are discussions in, in, in Helm uh, on whether this should be improved, but uh, so far it appears that um, Helm is just not meant to have a focus on this. And therefore, uh, the, um, the choice of Helm for this uh, purpose is, um, is maybe not the, the right one. Uh, also, it, it comes with limited dependency management. If you think about you know, opera writing operators you know, at scale, so we'll have several of them, for example, we not only have the operator creating the service instance, but we also have CRDs uh, you know, for representing the binding between the application and, um, and the service instance. We call that service binding coming from the um, you know, open service broker API specification, as well as CRDs for uh, creating backups and, and scheduled backups. So um, you know, it is likely that some of these components will be shared to some degree. So chart interdependencies to install you know, an operator framework um, and have shared components among operators would be desirable. So both of these things are actually no-goes and showstoppers for using Helm, at least from our perspective. Now, the other obvious choice is uh, the operator lifecycle manager that ships with the, um, uh, with the operator SDK. Um, it does have a server-side component. It's not really a problem, but it's just uh, something that should be noted because this server-side component has also has to be installed and lifecycle managed somewhat. Um, it's designed solely for the purpose of managing operators. I mean, it's part of the operator SDK. It's kind of obvious. Um, it also, um, well, the way you install in, in operator with OLM is by creating a subscription custom resource, which also gives you the ability to um, parameterize um, uh, the, the creation and the subscription a bit. But it doesn't provide you with, a, uh, with the templating um, options such as uh, Helm would do. Um, the, one of the strong uh, advantages of OLM is that it actually cares about managing custom resource definition lifecycle, in particular handling upgrades. There's, there's still some manual work left uh, for you, but um, it, it actually helps you a bit more. Um, we also have uh, Paul here, one of our engineers, who will be on Slack if you have more technical questions going into the details. Uh, and we are around the conference. I'm, I'm here at least for today and tomorrow, so uh, reach out if you have further questions about this. Um, and when, once you have you know, um, used OLM uh, to, uh, to automate the uh, installation of uh, the operator, uh, the operator SDK will also help you to package up uh, the OLM uh, package uh, that you've created. Well, there's some drawbacks. I mean, it's not a general purpose backup manager, so you have to stick with, um, uh, you, well, you have to solve this problem on a platform scale with multiple tools or, or you know, a, a combination of tools. Uh, there's no templating mechanism, um, so s certain things like 
I don't know, let a customer determine which labels to be set and so on will be harder to implement. There are workarounds for this, but it's, it's I don't know, it's not as comfortable as a templating mechanism. There are no lifecycle hooks, um, so not, nothing similar to chart hooks. Um, and upgrading uh, custom resources still has to be done automatically. There's some support for, for uh, upgrades, uh, for example, uh, the, uh, the, the, ver the status version, um, uh, stored versions field is upgraded after you have uh, upgraded your CRs uh, auto, you know, manually. Manually could still means that you, you know, have some sort of automation, but you'll have to provide it. The last option we've considered is Carvel. It uh, originates from the Vianzo, uh, VMware Tansu um, uh, platform. It includes uh, CLI and a controller, so it has both a client and a, a server-side component. Um, it, um, it is similar uh, to OLM in what it can do, uh, including upgrades of CRDs. Uh, also provides templating. The fact that it has, you know, uh, app CRs, uh, which play the role of subscriptions in OLM, uh, somehow also suggests that maybe it has had at some point a stronger focus on apps. But the actual thing to consider here is that it is an early stage project. There's, uh, there's also no dependency management, which, as I said, may be desirable. And due to the uh, early stage, there's little documentation and it's not widely adopted yet. So let's see where this goes, but it's actually a promising technology. Um, the fact that there's no artifact hub or operator hub, I think, is, is uh, it's not a big disadvantage, but it, it still is one. And um, as I said, it's not as widely adopted. So where do we land with, uh, you know, operator lifecycle management? I mean, the topic is much more complicated than the few things I've, I've been able to present here today in a short period of time. So wait for some blog posts and uh, material in our a YouTube channel to come up in the near future about this because this is something we'll look into for an extended period of time. Um, so our conclusions are Helm doesn't seem to be focused on, on operators. Uh, Carvel is promising but uh, immature, immature and therefore for now we go with OLM. Um, OLM potentially in combination with some sort of, of package manager uh, for distributing, you know, a lot of uh, OLM packages, a lot of operators in large platforms with a lot of Kubernetes clusters. Um, but that's currently uh, our educated guess for the near future. Um, also to say, from the perspective of, of developing an, an automation for uh, data service operations, it is surprisingly technical and complicated at this point in time. The operator SDK, for example, covers only a fraction of, of the things that you need in, uh, when automating databases. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see more tooling in that space uh, upcoming because there's so much more that can be done. Um, so there's room for improvement. Um, so that's it for now. If you have questions or comments, reach out. Um, thank you for your attention and see you soon. Bye-bye.